what happened now? I, I, I have to consent your recording. Yes, yeah, apparently you have me, you need my consent to be recorded, and yes, you have my consent, so I hit continue. <laughs> oh, really? That's amazing. Right, okay. Well, good to go. Good to go. Well, it is that time again. It is time to discuss The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan, and we have reached the third book, The Dragon Reborn. Love there it is, face. kind of. Love my face. <laughs> my name is Chris Mary Hoffman. With me, I have David Green, and we have our special guest, a tradition now, John from What Up, is uh, here to talk about the the third book. Yes, welcome. I'm so to be here. Thank you so much. So great to have you again. Yes, David, you had some 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 TV news we could start off with. Yeah, well. I didn't. I didn't make the news, but I oh. heard about it. Yeah, it was close. It was a close thing. Now, um, although it kind of was, it was kind of kind of weird because there's quite a lot of um, Amazon have suddenly got very leaky since we were last on here. Yes, <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, they just, they're just they're just like I think they're kind of bored waiting for this trailer to come out. I think they've got it. They've got it locked in, and they're kind of like. Let's just let's just get it out there. Let's just do it. Let's just let's just go. They already know about it. They know it's going to happen. Let's just do it. And that's the funny thing as well with um, when they um, kind of leaked the the script, well, the, the front page of the script and the title for the second season for episode one. But it's like, yeah, we we know it's been greenlit like ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of scrambled after that one. That was that was a mistake, I'm sure. I, I don't oh. think they meant to do that just yet. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. And I think they're all just like, uh, but I, I reckon, I think Rafe is like delighted when it happens because I'm sure he's just like, I just want to tell people about this and get this out as soon well, as he, possible. He's a fan like us, so he he is super excited. And I know that from talking to some people um, that that some of the cast and crew uh, and and certain people in production, they're all very excited to talk about the show. They they are excited about what they've done. And some of them, not all of them, but some of them are a little frustrated that there may not be as much information out there um, and they can't be as forthcoming as they'd like. So uh, I'm sure when this stuff happens and they have to officially acknowledge it because it came from the official accounts, so they have to say something, um, they're probably pretty happy in some way, shape or form. Definitely. I mean, the thing as well, like, they've been working on this for a long, long time now. Like, not even when you take into pre-production, so when, when they're doing the concept that and scripting and all this kind of stuff, People have probably been working on this for near enough five years at this point. And you have the actors who started filming in September 2019. So it's like, I'm sure, I'm sure that it's like, come on, let's just, just, let's just, just show them something. Let's just let's do it. So someone in, in Germany also agreed. So just about two weeks ago, just out of the blue, they released um, a little trailer on, on Twitter, which was like a, an expanded version of the Moraine reveal, where yep. you could see Trollox fighting in the background with Lan <laughs> and, and other things, which was, a, and that was on there for a few hours, everyone, but before anyone noticed it was on there for a few hours, because it was on the German Amazon uh, yep. Twitter handle. And, and then it, now, they're, now there are bots uh, monitoring all the different Amazon uh, accounts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 and uh, then it got it got pulled, obviously. But then it was the damage was done, then, and everyone had kind of looked at it. Everyone had um, 
I think the Dusty Wheel spoke about about it for nearly like 17 hours, I think, <laughs> on a live stream. <laughs> they had a very long show, yeah. And then I then I had my video. It was not, not quite as long as the last one I did on the, the teasers, but it was it was still a good probably 30 minutes long. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've had quite a lot of news since you've been on last, obviously, because it's been like, you know, 12 weeks since you were on or so. But, um, but you've, especially of late, you've had a lot of... Um, Spooks is the, probably the best word to say for it. You mean you've been having a lot of stuff coming your way lately? Yeah, I've had a couple of things. I, I can't remember if uh, the Guy Roberts scoop was before, or after the last time I was on. I think it was after. I believe. Yeah, after, after, yeah. Um, that how he's playing a reoccurring character in the show, and then I guessed it to be Uno. I did. I did not know the character. No one told me the character's name, but I guessed it to be Uno. Uh, and I really hope he is Uno because I want to cosplay as Uno quite bad because he looks just like me. I'm so he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> that poor bastard. <laughs> but I look like you as well, so it's like we could all we could just do it. We could all three of us could be Unos. Yes. Once, yeah. once the show comes out, we'll just all be. We'll have an episode where we're just all Unos. <laughs> the three Unos. <laughs> yes. So there was that scoop, um, and then I got the scoop on the audio. Um, work for the trailer uh the audio work happened on the 26th of april and the person that gave me the contracts for that also let me know that usually the trailer drops between six four to six weeks afterwards ish so i expect to see the trailer sometime in june that is my okay. guess um and i had a source from production also tell me that um everything is fluid their timelines for everything is fluid uh at one point there was that kind of a strange tweet about May 13th and I think Nabla said something in May where he had said there would be a trailer I know at one point that was what they had planned on but it all depended upon marketing and finishing filming and a bunch of other things so um, now that they're done filming season one um, I would I would guess that they're probably still going to follow the plan and releasing the trailer in June which would make me very happy because I'm I'm waiting and I'm sure all of you are as well waiting for the trailer for sure. yeah yeah um, yeah, because I mean, it, it's about when you, when you think of name property stuff that Amazon have, they usually release a, a teaser around six months, about yep. four to six months before um, the thing comes out. So mm -hmm. that June would kind of, because we're looking, because that was the other little bit of news that came out unofficially again, was that um, Thor and other places are, are releasing new versions of the books in between November yep. and December this yep. year. Um, Orbit, I believe, is the part publisher releasing the the the, uh, the different edition of the books and it's a guest uh, that is going to go along with the show but I mean it's a fairly good guest because my sources have been telling me for quite some time that Black Friday is the tentative release date for the show that's what they okay. would like to do somewhere around there and it makes total sense that they're going to release books to go along with the show when it comes out I mean Witcher did it so Game of Thrones so I can't see why Wheel of Time wouldn't yeah I mean it, I mean it always happens like Lord of the Rings, Hunger Games Harry Potter, all this kind of stuff. They always get new releases. And then, so we had that bit of news. And then we had, uh, <laughs> so there was unofficial, again, um, rumblings that, like, you know, season one had officially finally wrapped um, and that they're going to go into, more or less go straight into season two after a couple of week break. They're going to start getting in June. And then the new person that's taken over the main Wheel of Time Twitter uh, handle, who had been suspiciously quiet since he took over it, or they took over it, should I say, um, just decided to uh, 
Oops. Just a tweet of the, of the, of the script, of uh, the front page of the script for season two, episode one. <laughs> it's like, this is great. Um, and then it was like, oh, yeah, you've caught me. Uh, Rafe will be doing a Q&A tomorrow because we've, we've wrapped. And, and, and I'm sure the Q&A was completely unplanned. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was more of like a, well, we did this one. We, we, we probably should do something. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, out of the Q&A... I saw, because this is the actually only thing that I've seen, was from the Q&A, and that's that Nog is going to be in the show. Nog yes, and that, that, was, that was confirmed, I believe, in his first Q&A, so that, that was, really wasn't new information either. Oh, really? Okay. Because I, 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 our Instagram account follows Katie Sedai, and mm-hmm. she puts up a lot of that kind of stuff, and she had put that, that up after that Q&A, so I was didn't. But you can tell that this was a, you can tell this Q and A wasn't all that planned because I I mean the Q and As were Ray for always good fun but this one I felt it had the least amount of new info than anything yes. it was almost like he was kind of like I've not checked if I can talk about this so he was picking very safe questions that he could be like I asked know. probably ten to fifteen questions none of them were answered of course because they were all. <laughs> They, they were all pretty specific, and they would have given information away that he probably wouldn't want to give away. Yeah. Um, but Eddie, you are did, right. most of the questions asked were very general questions and got very general answers. Yeah, did, Eddie, yeah. did anybody ask if Nag was going to speak? Maybe. No. Yeah. What he didn't say. No, no one has asked that, and and I honestly think it might be strange if he does. Yeah. Because he was the only talking trauma that I seen in the series and it would confuse viewers. I think mm-hmm. if, if in the first episode he speaks, then they never speak again. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, get, he gets killed. They could, they, could do, they could do a joke about it. They could like, if, if like, because obviously I think it's going to change the whole, the whole start of that. Winter, because obviously we're going to see, we're going to see Beltine and Winter Night. I, I don't think you're going to have Rand and Tam going back to the farm anyway. They're going to try and make it all happen around the, um, you know, uh, the wine spring in. So you could make a joke about it. Like someone could like kill one of the Trollocs and it could like, one of them was, did, did, did they say something? Did he just speak? And they're like, no, no, no. You know, they could just do something like that as like a little Easter egg. Yeah. 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 Well, he was yeah. noisy and died. He was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Uh, it'd, be like, uh, it'd be like the uh, Hurley bird from Lost, you know, that one when the bird goes over, it's like, did you say Hurley? Yeah. Um, and so, um, but the, the the interesting thing, and it's something that we can finally talk about, is that um, so uh, yeah, there's a, a there's a tie-in with my fantasy series and the Wheel of Time because we both have to, you know, my my book is called In Solitude Shadow, and the first episode of season two is called A Taste of Solitude. Very much so, yes, yeah, very cool. Um, and do you do you know which which chapter and book that's from? A Taste um, of Solitude. It is a chapter. Solitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 it's, it's, um, I, I didn't actually look this up, but I'm, is it, is it not from, um, uh, Thousand Midnight? Is it? No, it's from Lord of Chaos, Chapter Eighteen, Taste of oh, Solitude. Yeah, that's my favorite. Well, that's my favorite book. As well. <laughs> that was your favorite book, and you didn't know? That's what I didn't know. But, I mean, you know, to be fair, there's a lot of chapter titles. There's, there's, there's a lot of books and chapter titles. That's true. And, and John has got like the most encyclopedic knowledge of anyone that I've come across with Wheel of Time. What I thought was interesting about the reveal of the episode title is we can probably finally put to bed the rumors that the episode titles 
um, are correlating with chapters in the books that they're going to do in the episode. So like episode five of the first season is Blood Calls Blood, which is a chapter from um, The Great Hunt. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to mean it's from The Great Hunt anymore. It, what they could be just doing is picking chapter titles that kind of correlate with what's going on, but maybe not exactly where they're at in the book series. Well, yeah, because yeah, there's no way they're getting to book book six and by episode one, season two. It's just not happening. No, um, I mean, because like with the, with a title of um, A Taste of Solitude, like the first thing that comes to mind for me is in terms of like, what does that mean in terms of episode one of season two is when Rand is trying to push people away from him. And like he mm -hmm. has that argument with Matt and Perrin. And then he has that kind of like that feeling of, well, I'm, I'm, I'm alone and I'm different from all my friends. I, they're not really my friends anymore, that kind of thing. That's that's what I, that's where my mind went straight away. So that's like, you know, and if they want to just borrow, um, you know, a, tit a, a chapter title that kind of sums that up a little bit more. Because obviously they've, they've, they've seemed like they're borrowing quite a lot from chapter two in season one. Oh, sorry, book two in season one in terms of that. So, yeah, uh, but it also it does make people um, it does make people think like, could they be bringing something from Lord of Chaos into, into season two? <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Probably. <laughs> we know they're finishing season one in Faldera, so they're they're probably not going very far beyond the end of the first book. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe some of the storylines, of course, they're probably going to pull some from the second, maybe even third book, but there's no way they're going that far afield, I don't believe. Sure, yeah. Well, before we um, before we start talking about the first uh, eight chapters of Dragon Reborn, where do you think, um, what do you think will be the last kind of uh, shot of season one right now, if you were, if you were a betting man, what would you think it would be? Uh, if I was a betting man, I would guess Tarwin's Gap. Okay. That would be, that would be my, my, I would put money on it. That that the last shot of the season would be Tarwin's gap would be that would be the end of it. And I, I think I honestly think that they may even forego the eye. They may not even go there, um, and it might just be all Tarwin's gap. Okay. So we won't see the green man. I don't know. I like I I literally have. Of the two episodes, of any of the episodes in season one, episode seven, eight are the ones I know the least about. Um, so it's all guesswork, but The Eye of the World is kind of a one shot, a one of thing. And it was very confusing to readers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, David and I were thinking that Orlando Bloom was going to play the Green Man as just like a one one shot. Yeah. That would be, that'd be neat. Um, I, I think I, I actually would, if I was to put, if, if I was to bet something, on it on the wheel of time, I would bet some money on Orlando Bloom popping up at some point because he has an exclusive contract to work for Amazon Studios, and um, Carnival Row is shot in Prague, and so is Wheel of Time. So if he was yeah. just to come in as like a one-off episode for something, you know, it, it would be very available. Green yeah, but I would, I would love to see him more as one of the Forsaken, like maybe Ishmael or something like that. That would be yeah. Yeah, that's what I would think. Um, like someone, maybe, maybe even Belal, if we're gonna, but we won't say why. No. Well, then, um, if it's not going to be the Green Man, I think he should be Nog. <laughs> <laughs> Have him show up in costume, like like the stormtroopers. You don't even know who's there. <laughs> yeah, he, he, and he speaks. It's Orlando Bloom's voice. 
that's the same with Daniel Craig in Force Awakens, though. Even in the cinema, like when he was talking, I was like, sure, that's Daniel Craig doing an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out that it was because he's, he's terrible at doing American accents. Oh, I did. I, but I thought Knives Out, he does it well, but then he does it kind he does of a like great a. One, yeah, that's a yes. very different, that's a very stylized one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Anyway, so let's talk about the Dragon Reborn. There's a chapter in there called The Hunt Begins. It is, yeah, before we go that, <laughs> would you be really sad if the Green Man wasn't in it? I know you love a bit of the Green Man. Me, I, yeah, sure. I would I would I would love to see how how they do it because I know go back to Katie Sedai, she was talking about that she wanted she would have loved to see a shot of Loyal to see what he what how they do Loyal. And I, I'm that's and I'm kind of like on the on on board with that. It's like because they could either do, and we were talking uh, with Matt about this. It could be really cringy how they do mm -hmm. loyal, but it also could be very very good. But it all depends on which way they go. Because I remember them having that discussion when they did Batman, the first Batman, Tim Burton's Batman. It's like, how do we not make Batman look ludicrous? Yeah. Put them in, in shadows all the time. That is the that is the answer. Well, they, I those, remember those suits. Those suits look crazy when you see them in full light. And that's yeah. the, that's the thing with um. And that's the thing with, with this trailer that came onto Amazon. What Rafe was saying was that the Trollocs it's not finished yet, and you, and you don't want people to see it because they want it to see it when it's nearly done. But these things like things like the Trollocs and Loyal and anyone like that that's going to be like enhanced with CGI. That that'll be they'll be worked on that right up until. The, the interesting thing about the leaked trailer, uh, or the leaked teaser, I guess you'd say, with Moraine, the one from um, the German account, uh, they they put a lot of VFX into that. So I have uh, a couple of people who work in the VFX, VFX industry that I've talked to about that trailer, and they used a lot of particle physics and stuff that that is commonplace, but it, it's it's hefty CGI work, so they heavily CGI'd the trailer. So mm -hmm. when Rafe said it was raw footage, I don't think he was exactly telling the truth. Maybe unfinished, but certainly not raw because they oh, did right. do that. And if, if you take a look at the, the land teaser they put out and you compare it to the extended Moraine one that came out, um, the same particles are there, the same light is there, and they move in the same way. So they are part of the same shot almost. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I think the um, the three bits of moving footage that we've seen that's like looks like it, the, the um, Matt and the dagger, Moraine... <laughs> And Lan, I would not be surprised if that is all part of the teaser trailer when it comes out. It looks very. I know that the the the, the line that Moraine says in that bit was uh, is done for that that section was it wasn't part of. That's what they're saying anyway. It's, it's it, it was recorded specifically for that, which is what they they do that a lot of time with trailers and teaser trailers anyway. Um, I'm just hoping that Loyal is blue. Yeah, I we were talking, uh, John, I don't know if you've seen the last episode, but we're talking about like how people's um, head canon, and we're talking more or less about you know, people that were like um, kind of complaining about uh, um, people being different skin colors than what they expect and everything. And I was <laughs> my, my best mate who started reading Wheel of Time just, just shortly after I got him to start reading it. Up until like maybe a year ago, he just thought that Loyal was blue. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So he's got like he's gone twenty years just thinking that like he's this big blue avatar looking guy. <laughs> yes. 
I was like, how did you, how did you even like really think that? And he was like, well, I've never seen a picture of him or anything. And I was like, he's on the front cover of The Great Hunt, the American version. And he was like, I thought that was a trolling. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the cover art for most of the books, the American versions, the, the original versions were not that great. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a, a special episode at some point where we're gonna we're gonna rank the um, the American covers and talk about them. Um, so uh, that'll that'll be fun. That'll be a great time. <laughs> like, obviously, we we got these ones like it over here. We got we got this 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 when it when it fades out from my face there. Just, it, but, it, I mean, it that's that can't be what they looked like from the beginning though, or th those aren't like the original. No, no. The red cover that showed Rand and the, the cover with Kalandor uh, and, and the Aiel and Shamael um, with the big flaming eyes in the background. That that was the original cover that came out yeah. um, in North America, at least anyway. And um, you get a little bit of a hint. Of all the covers for the originals, that was one of the better ones, I think. Yeah, you get a little bit of a hint on, on the back of the UK ones. They have like a little hint of it there, you see. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally it i can't even get it. i can't get it because of the, the thing that well, you can see like, <laughs> oh, 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 there you go it's just that this little one column of it it's like well that's that's kind of weird but um, like uh yeah so that's what we got and there are still different colors but um yeah some of them the, the dragon rebarm one isn't the worst one and the great hunt for what it is isn't that bad either but oh man some of them um and and, and even the later one like which one's that one? The Fires of Heaven. That that's the the bad romance cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I the one that I really don't like is um is uh Towers of Midnight. Is that the one where it's got Rand like with his fist up in the air outside that house with a big hole in the front of it? <laughs> yeah, that's a bad one too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like oh man, it's 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 and it's so out of proportion because like it's just it's just a, it's madness, but I love it at the same time. I love all of them. <laughs> so, Dragon Reborn. Dragon Reborn. A new, a new beginning. This, although it's kind of the end of the beginning, I would say. I would say yeah, that th this is the first book that starts the series, in my opinion. I think mm -hmm. it it definitely felt when I started reading it. Apart from the prologue, it felt like this was like almost like starting a new because there's a lot of like there's a lot of information there's a lot of feelings and emotions i think the great hunt was kind of like that one kind of started you know the, the hunt started right mm -hmm. away um and, and this has a very much like the first eight chapters that i feel like it has a slow burn even if there's an action scene in it and there's a lot of things happen a lot of people die yeah. in in that battle scene but otherwise it was more or less like i think Perrin dealing with the entire situation as it is, you know, his yeah. emotions well, surrounding yeah. it. The slow burn is is what is known as the Perrin effect, <laughs> and that's what that's what he that's what he brings to everyone. But like, yeah, I mean, the, the Great Hunt is like, um, as Raymond D. Feist would have, would say, it, it was a ripping yarn. Mm -hmm. It's just all adventure, um, proportion from from start to from start to, to finish and then like yeah the start of the dragon reborn is kind of like taking the breath a little bit and just kind of taking stock of things 
spending time with some characters that we didn't really spend a lot of time with in the last book. But the prologue, you, you really like the prologue in this one. I think this was the best prologue of them so far. Um, I like, because this one definitely felt that it belonged to the rest of the story. I mean, the prologue in the first book, obviously, we haven't really seen what that's all about yet. <laughs> um, and I still just see Billy Zane in front of me every time I even think about it. Which isn't wrong. I mean, we all need a little Billy Zane in our lives. Yeah, definitely. I, I really hope that he's in the TV show. I, really <laughs> I still feel... I, 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 I think st- he has a small cameo. Yeah, Sorry. I think so. He deserves it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did see Rewatch the Phantom the other day. Uh, and the less we speak about that one, the better. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, because this is, I mean, obviously it's the white cloaks. They're talking about what has happened, where they're going, what they want to do. They, for the first time, call the questioners inquis- the Inquisition instead, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing no as that, Inquisition. What did you say? I said, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but it was, it was interesting because for the first time it was kind of like, or not for the first time, but it kind of grounded it back into like our world. Yeah. Like the Mastiffs, because all of a sudden he wasn't using his own language for it. So that that I thought was this was interesting, and 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 the talk that, that kind of conflict it within the the white cloaks I thought was interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny how you say. Uh, I'll, I'll let maybe John might talk about because John's really good at talking about stuff without um, giving spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Um, it's interesting that you say this prologue feels like it's part of this story because it's this prologue is kind of setting up a lot of things that come after this, this story. Mm-hmm. It, it's, our first, it's our first real look at the White Cloaks, I guess you'd say. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen them before and we've seen little bits of them, but it, it, it showcases um, exactly how intricate their little society is and and honestly like i i found a lot of parallels between the white cloaks between the templars and and the spanish inquisition and and things like that for what we have in our world and that's what i took from that and i liked that a lot and i i enjoyed as much as i don't like the white cloaks i enjoy reading their chapters because i like how well it's structured i i like the white cloaks actually uh they no, they remind me of of glockta and uh, from Joe, the from Joe Abercrombie, they remind me kind of like, even if Glockta maybe isn't as misguided as the the others are, but it, I like I like these people who believe that they are good, but when they're in fact maybe not so good, these the ambiguousness in their character. Yeah, I, I actually quite like. Uh, I actually quite like. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with both of you. Like, they're not. Uh, I like to read about them, not particularly like them all that much but I do like Pedro and Niall as a, as a character and I really like Caradin as well um I think he's a really interesting read to, person to read about and um I'd like to see him in the series a lot more actually because I think he has a really good arc um were you disappointed there was no uh Chris were you disappointed there was no um the, the person sometimes known as Boz in, in this <laughs> A little bit. I was just wondering what had what happened to him. <laughs> well, that's 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 him. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I never. I didn't catch it. 
<laughs> is, is that supposed to be is it supposed to be obvious? Uh, yeah. Or is it obvious later? I thought it was supposed to be obvious then, really. Did, did no, you... I, didn't, I didn't think that oh, it was so obvious. What do you think, John? Is, am I just revealing a massive spoiler then, or is that, is that I think obvious? you revealed a little bit of a spoiler. I mean, if, if, you, if you read really, really hard into it and really thought about it, you could probably see the parallels and see who that character is and how he's acting. But um, it, is, it is revealed plainly later on, I believe. Um, but yeah, no, so now you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I sort of guessed it pretty much when like the 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 fade is talking to him. <laughs> like, it's like, well, you know, you're a dark friend. He's like, well, yeah. Well, I, I really like his character mainly because he gets he's he's so in so far over his head the whole time. Yeah. And yet he tries to maintain the facade of control when he's around everyone else. It is just he must have so many ulcers. Like just <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if he I wonder if he like prefers to be called Boz than and Carradine, I wonder if I wonder if he thinks that himself in his head. The man sometimes known, <laughs> the man sometimes known as Bores is going to get a glass. It just starts to the name. Well, you know, he would Orlando Bloom could be a good Carradine, actually. Yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, that would be really good. Yeah, just 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 pops in every so often just to do a little bit of a just to get picked <laughs> around by some things. <laughs> Watch his family getting killed here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, I'll, I'll ask you this instead of just wading straight in there, Chris. Who do you think audience were? No, I, I didn't hear you. Who who do you think the guy who is advising Pedro and Niall is then? Did you did you did you, did you quick who he is? No, I didn't think about that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't question that. The guy who calls himself Ardeth, or is it was it Wormwood, is it or something like that? What his name means? Remember him? I don't, I don't, I didn't think about that. Okay, I, I didn't, I didn't. I won't, say, I, I won't say any more. <laughs> no, don't do that. I'll have to think about that. I'll have to read it again and think about it. Uh, but it, no, this is I, it's a good prologue, and it's 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 a bit longer than the the um, the other ones, right? Uh, it becomes a little bit of a story in itself, and I, I like I like that. I like yeah. that political I mean, intrigue. Some of the later prologues, John, become very very long, don't they? Do you remember um, which one was it? it was it was it the one for Crossroads of Twilight? They actually released as an ebook as a pre-order. Remember that? I, I think so. Yeah, they. I remember reading that one when it came out. Like I, pre, you had to pre-order to get it, or you had yeah. to pay a dollar, dollar ninety-nine or something <laughs> to get it. Yeah. And I remember it was, it was a good ploy because I paid it. Um, yeah, so did I. So, and it was like um, it was like it's a hundred pages as well. Like it's a, it was like it was big enough. Like it's it's um, especially like Crossroads of Twilight is one of the shorter books in the series, and like the prologue is takes up a, a big chunk of the word count. And mm. um, so, what? How? What do you think? Uh, actually, John, what what do you think about Perrin? Because obviously, the first eight chapters of this book are all from Perrin's point of view. Um, very, very, like, you know, we don't get any deviations at all, not even like a little paragraph with, with someone else. Um, it's all Perrin all the time, 24-7. <laughs> um, so what, what do you ask both of you, both start with John, what do you think of Perrin, the character? Because I think a lot of people's enjoyment of this book comes from how much you enjoy Perrin. I, uh, 
when I initially read the series, um, and every time I read it, there are certain points in the book series where I have certain favorite characters. And it, it tends to shift and change here and there. But at this point, I always still still really like Perrin. But there does come a time when I don't like reading him at all. Um, this yeah. is not that time, though. So, like, when it's from his point of view all the way up to, I think, chapter is Jera, where we're... Oh, we won't get into that yet because we're getting a little far ahead. But it's all from his point of view. I like seeing that. I like I like him talking to the wolves. I like I like how he thinks you know, slowly and stuff and how he views Rand and Moraine and everyone else around him. I really enjoyed the fact that it was from his point of view. And I liked how Robert Jordan did that. They, he took certain characters and you got chapters from their point of view and you got all of their, their thoughts, their prejudices, their, their um, lack of information. And he told the story from that point of view, which I really liked because there was times, especially on a second or third or, or fourth reread and you're reading it and you're like, no, this isn't how it is, but it, that's not how the, the character doesn't know the information, so they're acting differently. And I really like that from parents' point of view at this point. Yeah. Well, um, I think I, I know that what the bit where you talk about where you don't like to read parents' stuff anymore. <laughs> I, I would agree. <laughs> most, <laughs> most people agree when you get to that point. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how, how do you feel about parents at this point? Because this is by far the longest. We've had, we've had like, you know, um, little bits of POV from him in, in the previous two books, but maybe like five chapters, six chapters altogether, maybe maybe seven. Um, so in, in the start of this book, we have more Perrin than we've ever got before. So how do you feel about Perrin at this stage? No, I mean, I do. I liked it, just like John. I like the shift in, in uh, point of view, mostly because I feel like we got everything. I mean, this was, I mean, you could start reading the books from here. I feel like, I mean, you could skip Eye of the World and The Great Hunt if, you so chose. I mean, if if uh, the Dragon Reborn is the book, the first book that you pick up in the series for some for whatever reason, um, you wouldn't lose much doing so because, and I mean maybe that was the point um, because you get a lot of information. There's a big, I mean, really big info dump, but it's told from Perrin's point of view, um, and I think that that was interesting because, yeah, he basically recaps almost everything that has happened in his yeah. head. Yeah. Um, and also kind of in his interactions with these other, these this, the woman that he meets, that he brings to the camp, uh, his interaction with the people in the camp, his discussion with, with men um, and stuff like that. So I think you get a pretty comprehensive idea of what has happened and what is, what, what the point is what they're going to do and why it's so important to find brand when he disappears yeah that's, that's a real um editing um rule uh, which i'm kind of finding out at the moment is that when you do the sequel it's kind of like you have to pretend you have to write it as if someone who is reading it hasn't read the first one mm. and within the first few chapters you need to catch them up on what's going yeah. before and it felt like at a certain stage, I think. I think when you get into like a fifth or sixth book in a series, it's just like, well, they're here now or are not. Yeah. But like when it's in that first couple, you have to be like, well. I And I don't think I felt that that The Great Hunt did that in the, in the same way. It did it. It's You still got a lot of uh, background information, but it was slowly kind of metered out throughout the book. Yeah. Um, instead of it all happening in the beginning. Um, but obviously the shift in point of view made it easier to swallow that than 
had a good like i mean i during a period i read a lot of harry turtledove and especially his world war series which is like seven eight books and there every single character has like they're all in a chapter every single character has their own paragraph or their own storyline this is happening but in, in every time they're introduced they he recaps exactly what they've done in the previous chapters and it gets right. really tiring it's like, yes, I know that this guy, I know what happened to this guy. I know that. I mean, I'm in the middle of the book. So, so but I, so I like, I like that. I like that the way what he did. And I like that he didn't spend too much time in talking about who Moraine was and who Land was. He just kind of like, oh, you know, he's her warder and stuff like that. And there wasn't too much of that info dump Yeah, in that sense. I suppose it's a good way to kind of one shift in POV to someone who's not spent a lot of time with because we can get his reactions to what's gone on that we haven't that, that are fresh. Because if it was Rand again and Rand was kind of thinking about what just happened, it's like, yeah, we, we know this already from you. Um, and I know the other thing then is to, is to bring in um, a battle sequence because then we can see like how Lan interacts and the powers that mm. he, can, he has at his disposal, how, what Moraine has, um, how. Run struggle with using um, Sadine, uh, Sadine and everything like that. Um, so, uh, John, like with, with with the Dragon Reborn, obviously at the, at this point, so we, we start off with um, them catching their breath, and Rand has, has pretty much formally declared that he's the Dragon Reborn, and um, he just disappears after a battle scene. Yeah. Um, when you were first reading this series and it was like, when you saw that the, the the name of the book was The Dragon Reborn and then it's like, Rand is barely in the first few chapters and then he just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> what, were you, what were you thinking as a reader? Like, you know, the main character of the book is basically just gone. Well, at, at the time when I was first reading the book, um, I, was, I was young. Uh, I might've been, I think I was, it was nine when the Eye of the World came out. This would have come out probably four or five years later, I think. So I, I was still in my in my early teens. Um, I wasn't really thinking a whole lot about that. Like, yeah, it was named the Dragon Reborn. I knew Ram was Dragon Reborn, but at the, this point, I didn't like Rand as a character. Okay. <laughs> I thought he was a bit of an asshole. So I was quite happy that at least initially the, the character. <laughs> The chapters from, were from Perrin's point of view because I totally liked Perrin and Matt way more than I like Rand at this point in the series, especially my first read. So I didn't find it strange. I was just happy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have. A, I mean, I have a question, and and uh, because I should have maybe asked it before because the white cloaks keep talking about Rand being a false dragon. They say that he's yeah. a false dragon. Now, do they want the dragon? To return um so this this is a bit of a spoiler i think um but essentially the way the white cloaks think uh pedro niles driving them at this point and he thinks that the last battle is coming he thinks that uh like shadow spawn and and how what the last battle is going to be is shadow spawn basically blanking the land like in in the trollock wars mm -hmm. and he is as the white cloaks building the white cloaks up to fight them so he has good intentions that, that that is his holy good intention he believes that uh all the Aes Sedai are bad like they're they're evil and they're 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 basically shadow spawn in that um 
every dragon reborn up to this point has been a false dragon. And if the Aes Sedai are propping up a dragon, saying that they're really a dragon or could be a dragon, then um, they're obviously working for the Dark One anyway, so he has to be another false dragon. So mm-hmm. he, he just doesn't believe any of that is real or true. And, and by extension, I think the entire White Cloak army thinks the same thing. Yeah. So, so uh, 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 the real dragon could only be a dragon that is heralded by the White Cloaks, then? Pretty much. Pretty much. And, but he doesn't even think that the prophecies are true. He thinks that there, yeah. there's a, a seed of truth to them and that what would eventually happen was to just be him as the savior of mankind okay. because yeah. he's leading the White Cloaks. He thinks that there doesn't need to be like any like one power shenanigans to, to win. He just thinks it's like good versus evil, basically, and they can meet them in battle and, and defeat them with the, the strength of their purity, I suppose. <laughs> well, uh, so we we have this huge, well, I mean, it's not an info dump because I think it would be unfair to call it an info dump, but really that's kind of what it is, but it's called through parents' eyes, which makes it more interesting. Um, there's a big battle with the Trollocs. A lot of people die. Rand is gone. He's been pissing and moaning before then, and then he just leaves. He's kind of like Matt here and just like whines. He's been having really bad dreams, Chris. All right. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't care. Like. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> he's been having bad dreams, you know. He's been dream, and he's been he's been uh, sending his dreams to everyone else as well. They've all been dreaming about Kalendor. Hmm. So we're we're yeah. back firmly into the uh, into the king into the Arthurian legends yeah. influence. Well, he's so he's been having bad dreams. He's been wetting his bed, and he just needs to leave. Well, he disappears, and then the hunt begins. I think it's funny that there's a chapter called The Hunt Begins. Begins the hunt for Rand, yeah. <laughs> this one. No longer the hunt for the horn, the hunt, no. for, the hunt for Rand. They got that. They got to get Rand. We are back firmly into Arthurian legend territory again now. So we've got this the sword, the, a mystical sword that will proclaim him as the Dragon Reborn. Um, and there's there's a lot more um, at this stage in this in this story. So in, in this like brief maybe two chapter sequence, we have like a load of different kind of prophecy discussion that comes into play. Which like we don't, there's been prophecy talk before, but then there's like um, blood on the rocks at Shale Ghoul, uh, which again is very kind of Arthurian as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have like you know all, all the talk. Moraine has a big like talk about all these different types of prophecies where it's like maybe it's fulfilled them all already i don't know they're so obscure <laughs> who knows um and then we have this big sequence where perrin is spying on people when they're dreaming or in this yeah. dream thing yeah. as well so there's like a lot of like really weird stuff that goes on all at the same time in between this quite normal enough battle as well um so there's because you we were saying before before we got on Chris, that you're like, no, no, I was trying to think of what happens in these eight chapters, and not a lot does, but secretly, quite a lot of stuff does happen in these eight chapters. Yeah, they are underneath. And then Perrin has a dream because Perrin, if the, he has an encounter with the Dark One, right? Or is that, am I thinking of something else? Yeah, he does. Um, and I thought that that was kind of that was interesting. But anyway, since our time is running short, they try to find Ren, they arrive in Jara, right? Is that the name of this? 
where there is much merriment because there's weddings going on. There's much merry men. Because merry men, not merry men. Uh, because uh, there are weddings going on. What is the deal with all the weddings? Well, you know, people just wanted to get them out. Well, there's, it's because of, um, this will be a good one for, for John as well, because I, I, I can, I end up talking about spoilers when I do this now. But, you know, it, it's pretty much as it's said in, 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 the, uh, in the text, really. Like, you know, um, Ran just has this, it's the strongest Taveran that has ever, ever lived or, or anyone has ever known about. And he just um, makes these weird things whenever he's around. He, he, he's um, the ability just by being in a place to twist chance. So in this case, he made everyone who may have a small chance of falling in love and getting married, they all did it, um, which is a, may not be a bad thing, but his he's just twisting the chance of so the ability of things to happen um, so something that is has very small chance might be 100% all the time. Um, whether it be good or bad or we perceive as good or bad, it doesn't matter. He just twists the chance of the pattern around him. So what more when Maureen says when they get to the inn and parents asking all these questions to basically being kind of an idiot about it, he's being very forward. It's like, oh, have you seen a man? And, and, you know, like, and they're trying to tell him to shut up. Um, and, and Maureen basically says, all you have to do is just watch the sign. So anything that is a little out of the ordinary, so for example, a whole bunch of weddings or a whole bunch of murders or a child falling out of a 12th story window and waking up without a bruise or someone tripping and landing in, in a quarter of an inch of water and drowning in it, those are all things that Rand would do just by being in the area. Reminded me a little bit of The Sorcerer by Gilbert and Sullivan where everybody like wakes up and get, falls in love and gets married at the end. Yeah. No Gilbert well, and Sullivan fans. Yeah. I've heard of it, but I'd never, you know, not, not in as much detail as you, as you, Chris. Love a bit of Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> no, that's it. So, like, um, it's funny that bit because, like, Perrin is just being so stupid. It's like, just listen, how how often does a whole village of people get married? Clearly, mm. <laughs> he's been here. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, um, well. Uh, and then the parent has a little bit of a, of a of a personal. I don't know if you'd call it a personal thing, but there's a somebody very much like him in Jara mm -hmm. that has just. And and I think this was interesting when I was when I was listening to it again. And and uh, I was telling David before that I had a hell of a time actually finding Dragon Reborn on audiobook. They didn't have it available on Audible. Of all the books, they didn't have that one was not available in English. Oh wow. And I was wondering if that had something to do with like the rights or something like that having been, but I don't know. But anyway, I, I, I got my copy from Audible, and to be fair, I've only listened to the audiobooks once out of my fifty-three rereads, um, and and I I did not enjoy it. But no, I don't like I don't like those guys, Michael Kramer and whatever her name faces. I don't know. They, they're horrible. Michael Kramer and Kate Reading. I love them. I love the way they narrate. I love. I love <laughs> I love all that stuff. That didn't bother me. What bothered me was so slow. Oh. I just, I wanted to claw my eyes out listening to it because <laughs> I would, I would sit and I would probably finish the Dragon Reborn in a day or a little less than a day. That's that's how quickly I read, and I, I can't slow my brain down to listen to it. <laughs> like it just, it just, it didn't it's, work for me. You have to speed it up so it sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks are reading it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> that's you're gonna have to do that with a show, John. You're gonna have to watch it at one and a half times speed or something. 
just constantly just put it on. But what, but, no, what I wanted to, what one was thinking of is like they all. I mean, Perrin has a similar arc to what Brand has. He's struggling with what he is, mm-hmm. um, and he's you know, and and also the whole thing about like the insanity bit because he finds a meets a feral wolf man. Which is basically what it, I don't know, but I mean, and and which is basically Rand's fear constantly that he is going to eventually go insane. Yeah. Yes. And Matt, Matt's already going insane because of the dagger. So they all the three of them have the same arc and are dealing with the same self doubt and and questioning. Which I find yeah. that which that I found intriguing is like these the, basically they are going through the same thing, but just in. For different reasons, and the, and the thing is with that as well, the the pattern is also trying to push them to accept what they are. Because when the, the longer they're not accepting, bad things are happening. But he yes. has Rand that's like he he knows that he needs to go off and do something, but he's delaying. So like they're getting attacked, and there's people dying on the planes and all this kind of stuff. You have Matt, um, you know, he's not accepting who he isn't, and he's having his journey. And even with Perrin, so even at the start of this book, when they're um, when they kill the Raven. And waiting for the the, the the tinker to come in, and he's got this itch in the back of his brain. And he's keep he's ignoring he's it, pushing, ignoring pushing it. the wolves away. Yes, yeah, pushing the wolves away. And the wolves are trying to tell them like like this trollocs coming. They're they're coming to you. We we know like, and he's ignoring it. He's not embracing it. And that and if he had, they could have avoided. Oh, maybe the, the, maybe the tinker lady would have lived. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the, so the pattern is like trying to push them and say, look, accept what you are. And this this. Thing that he sees when he sees um, the the guy, the wolf brother, who's gone too far over and kind of just lost his humanity. Again, I think that's, I I take that as the pattern, putting that in his place and saying, "Look, this is what is going to happen to you unless you find this balance inside yourself and accept what you are." Yeah, because he does talk about the wolf brother that he first meets when he finds his power, that he was able to live with the wolves but still retain his humanity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and he had done that for years and years and years. Because have have you read New Spring, Chris? No, this is this is this is a because I only read the the Eye of the World and the Great Hunt the, the first time I read them, so I haven't read any more. This is new as a new ground for me. So he he had Elias that that gentleman that Perrin met mm. um, had been a wolf brother for years and years, like probably close to I would say twenty years or more. Yeah, at that point, and he he had found the balance just fine. Yeah, and and Land knows knows him as well. Yeah, yes. yeah, because they talk about him. Yeah, yeah I know, this, I know that guy. Yeah, because this this is the thing, like you know, like with, with Perrin being like he is stubborn, and that's part of his character. I mean, all the two rivers characters are stubborn. It's part of like, you know, Robert Jordan. He doesn't go into much in terms of describing how people kind of look in terms of like you know skin and stuff like that, but in terms of culture and. The, the ways these people are, he does. And we know that people from Sue Rivers are just stubborn. Right? <laughs> and so Perrin is like in a party of people where one of them is a warder that used to be mates with a warder who was like Perrin. <laughs> and the night of die who can be like, well, you know, we could, we could probably tell you a little bit about this and help you out, but he's just refusing to kind of, you know, even acknowledge it to other people. And even when he meets one of these ones, he's kind of like, oh, I just need to... Deal with it myself, and the way I'm dealing with it is to ignore it basically. Hmm. Well, I think that is about it. Like that's the the end of that 
that those eight chapters. Oh, before, um, before we go, um, we go that, John, what, what do you think of them? I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll, we want to try and get you back before uh, when, we, when we get to the finale of this one as well, where we can talk about the whole of the free books and we'll have a lot more mm -hmm. TV kind of stuff. But what do you, in terms of the first, and without any spoilers, in terms of the first three books in this series, like how do you think the Dragon Reborn stacks up against the, the previous two? Uh, I, out of the three, it's my favourite. Incredible. Um, I, I, the Eye of the World was a good book, um, but I don't think it quite knew what it was yet. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was sort of almost written as a standalone. If, if you, you could have read it that way. Great Hunt was much better, I found, but The Dragon Reborn is where I really, really started to enjoy the series. And then even further, The Shadow Rising is, is, is much better than The Dragon Reborn, even. Yeah. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Well, 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 high praise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rest will be the judge of it. Ah, yes, I will be the judge, jury, and executioner of of that. <laughs> but no, it'll be it'll be, it'll be interesting because uh, David and I are going to take part in in an indie book reading challenge here come summer. So we'll see. <laughs> be, be a lot of reading going on for yeah. summer. So, well, unfortunately, Robert Jordan does not count in the uh, in the indie reading. He, he's uh, he's no, he's as far removed from indie as you can get. Not even his, not even his Conan the Barbarian books are indie, really. No, no, that's a shame. Though. Did he, did he write anything? I mean, before Conan the Barbarian, before he started, like what? I mean, I guess you'd say that he ghost wrote them in a way, even though he his name is on them. But I mean, obviously, it's part of a of a series because just like Kevin J. Anderson wrote Star Wars books. I think I think that was one of his first books. Which one? Warrior Valatai. I can't pronounce it. Yeah, he had another pen that, name as well, didn't he? He has a he has another pen name that he, he wrote on too. He did, but I think this was one of his his first books because it was never published until recently. Yeah. Um, he had written it and he was trying to sell it, and it just wasn't going so well at the time. And it had a lot of very similar themes to Eye of the World and his Conan books and and a few other books he had written. But it was it, it was really good. Like I'm, I I don't know why they didn't buy it at the time, but. I think that was one of the very first ones he had written. Yeah. But it, it, even, it was published recently, like within the last few years. Yeah. Because even like, I mean, you think of him as being like, you know, this big figure in, in fantasy, which he is, but Idleworld was only published in 1990 and he, he probably actually started writing it in the early 80s. So he was only, he'd only, he was quite recently out of Vietnam by that point. So it's not like he'd spent like, 20 years of his life before either world was kind of published and writing he was just you know he did the conan books and did the wheel of time really that's that's basically what i don't know wheel of time took a huge amount of his of his career up and what i always find interesting about it, he never really kind of threw away ideas because i know um reading uh, watching the dusty wheel episode on the notes on the great hunt the original kind of opening that he had where it was like rand washing up on some shore and there's like a, an army that in the team that that's basically that, that he, he announced that separate series it was going to do called infinity of heaven which was that was the storyline for it wasn't it so he was like i'm so he must have wrote it they had this idea in the early 80s or mid 80s he was like i really like this idea i'm definitely <laughs> going to do it one it's like it's like i was listening i'm listening to a a Marillion podcast where they go through each album like 
uh, for like two episodes per album and they talk about that like how they when they write stuff they like don't throw anything away it's like well we're gonna save this guitar loop for later it's like <laughs> stuff that they wrote in 1985 then returns in like 2005 that's the way that's, yeah. that's the way never throw any anyone who's an aspiring writer that's watching that is i know there is a few about a few people reach out that, that they really like the, the technical speak that when we sometimes go into it never throw anything away they're always good ideas i have a stack of things and i'm going to use some of the stuff for our secret project that we're working on yeah that's right oh i like secret projects uh -huh. yeah. well you like you like spoiling secret projects no. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of my shit is spoiling stuff yeah. you like scooping secret projects that's what you like. we should maybe have a character in that called the great spoiler <laughs> he walks past the fruit stand and all the fruit just rots. That's really that could be my job. <laughs> well, John, thanks again for, uh, for for coming on to us, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully it we'll, won't we'll be too long before you have on next. Because we're um, Dragon Reborn is probably the the shortest of all the books, I think, isn't it? So we'll be we'll be rattling through this one like no one's business. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Awesome. You know, thank you so much for having me. Um, before I go, can I mention one thing that I have coming up? You sure. can, of course. Uh, so, uh, for, for any listeners who don't know, who does not know, as I have a YouTube channel and I, I do mainly Wheel of Time show news, um, but people have been asking for quite some time. Um, I'll, I'll break things down and I'll, I'll talk about spoilers and news and rumors and things. And there's a lot of, we already know this because, and then I just go on because I've already reported on it once or twice. So people have been confused, especially the newer people to my channel. So uh, I've gotten together with uh, Geeky Airy from over at Watt Series, and we're doing a series of videos, um, and they're going to show up on the channel probably within the next week or so to the first one, and we're breaking everything down by episode. So we're going to go into episode one, everything we know, all the actors and actresses, all the set photos, all the rumors, all the locations, everything and anything we know about episode one we're going to do in that video, and then we're going to carry on and do one for episode two and all the way up to episode eight. Um, they're obviously going to get a little thinner as we go along because we know less about the further on episodes, but the first couple episodes we know a fair bit about, and we should be able to, to jam it all into one video for people to watch. That sounds awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Great. And so the first one will probably be in the next week or so, is it? Next week or so. The, the planning is done, and now we're just getting the, the graphics together, and uh, I'll probably record it Wednesday or Thursday, and then she has to record her pieces. It'll be up by next weekend, I would say. Excellent. Great Very stuff. cool. Very cool. Well, nice. well, David, what do we usually say? Until the next turn of the wheel, I believe. Like this? This is my cue. I can't see my fingers. <laughs> there we go. Have a good, have a good one. Uh, I, I stopped.